0: you're listening to the Mind Your Business podcast, episode number 293. Today, we're going to take a good hard look at trauma and how it is affecting your performance in business. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So, how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now, with over 3 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, beautiful people? James Wedmore here. Welcome to another episode here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. This is your weekly dose of nourishment for the entrepreneurial soul. And boy, do I have an amazing episode for you. I've got Dr. Don Wood coming onto the podcast today, who is gonna talk to you about trauma, small T trauma, even big trauma, and how it is so prevalent in all of our lives. And how it is affecting your behavior, your choices, the way you see and experience business and how it could be costing you millions and millions of lives that you could be impacting. This will be a very eye-opening episode for you. If This is a new topic for you. This is something that I've done a lot of work on with myself. In a moment, I'll actually get into an example of that but just so good, so powerful. But first, hey, I wanted to let you know I'm here in Maui. I'm at the Ritz for a little vacay. That's why my audio doesn't sound as good. So sorry about that, guys. But I'm on my travel mic here. Beautiful, beautiful Maui. I'm here to kite surf. My family is here. I'm here with Chelsea as well, but my entire family's here. And I wanted to just share. It's very intentional for me to be here. You know, I just had my birthday. We just had a big launch and You know, push season in the business. And we have our big 600 person sold out, sorry, can't come uh, event, BBD Live, coming up at the end of October. And this is a very intentional phase for me that I just call hibernation. I'm hibernating right now. We have natural flows and cycles in our life and in our business and i'm very clear that right now is a time where i need to rest and i need to recharge so that's what i'm doing i'm being very intentional about that you know that's that's why i'm here i'm here to rest to reflect to recharge to to be reinspired to receive new ideas and perspectives and thoughts and spend more time practicing being present and i just always want to encourage you how important and critical that is for you to be doing that as well so anytime i'm doing that i'm just going to always invite you to do that and maybe not necessarily right now but to notice that cycle you might be in a cycle in your life or your business where you feel very go 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 it's time to go 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 it might be a time for you to like slow down you know and then just to honor that not feel guilty or uncomfortable when you're not working because as you know by now the rest is the work And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm resting. In fact, I've got a future episode for you. So I hope you'll subscribe if you haven't to the podcast where I'm going to talk about how a process that I use to come up with your best content, your best work. Because I produce a lot of content. You know, I got at least one episode a week coming out on the podcast. I've got several programs that I do. I'm doing coaching calls basically on a weekly basis with my students. So there's a lot of content and very intentional with how I come up with that content. I want to share that process with you. So that's all coming soon here on the Mind Your Business podcast. Also I want to give a shout out to everyone who's left a review. So thank you so much. This one actually came in on my birthday. This is from Jess Marie Wag, said this podcast is gold. So she published this on September 24th. So that's my little birthday gift from you to me. So thank you. I absolutely love this podcast. James always pushes me to think more deeply about the way my mind impacts my business. Now we do have a gift for each and every one of you when you leave a review. On the podcast. And I will say, if this is your first episode, listen to at least two or three episodes before you review the podcast, because some are better than others, or some are what you need, some are not what you need right now, right? So get into it first. But if you felt like you've gotten into it and you haven't left us a review yet, it obviously really helps. And we want to incentivize that review. So we've got a little gift for you. Right before you press submit on your review, take a screenshot and send it to customer success at jameswoodmore.com. And we've got an eight part little mini training on the 8 business blocks that keep entrepreneurs stuck. And I use real case studies, real examples of coaching clients and how we coach through those blocks. People have been loving this and the, the feedback has been amazing. That's my gift for you. It's absolutely free. These are from our paying clients and customers. And I want to give that to you. All you got to do is email your screenshot of your review, success at jameswilmer.com. Now, lastly, before we get into today's interview, I've got something else really cool to share with you. Ever since I started the podcast, I've had some desire... To create a Facebook group for the podcast. In fact, I get asked all the time. You might be one of those people that are like, hey, is there a Facebook group? Or can I join a Facebook group? Is there a community? And I've really hesitated. And to be honest, it's because I'm not a fan of Facebook. I try to use it as limiting as possible for me. So, more reasons to be on there is always like a hesitation for me. So, I hesitated. I stalled. And recently, I stumbled upon an app that I thought was perfect, it's beautiful. And it allows me to do what I wanna do beyond the podcast to stay connected with you. It's an app called Telegram. And it's basically like WhatsApp, very similar, but it's basically like a group chat channel on your phone. And I wanna invite you to download that free app and join me in a secret hidden channel that I've created that I'm calling Beyond the Podcast. Basically, you know, this is really only for our loyal listeners. So if you're a loyal listener and you come back every week, which I just appreciate you so much, and you'd like more, join this group. All you got to do is go to com. do it on your phone, forward slash beyond. com forward slash beyond on your phone at any time. And we'll have that linked up in the show notes for you, of course. But basically, uh, when you go there, you'll need to download the app. It's free in the app store or wherever you get apps. <laughs> and uh, it's called Telegram. And then that's going to take you into the secret channel called Beyond the Podcast. And basically what I do there is as much as I can, I can't, I'm can't. i not going to promise daily, but as much as I can, I'm going to share additional thoughts and content and tips and quotes and audios and images related to the content we talk about here. Sometimes I get a lot of great ideas that really don't make for a long episode, Maybe it's just like a one minute thought or idea and I don't really know where to put them. So this is where I'm putting them. It's a way to stay connected between episodes. It's really fun. We just actually released it the other day and we already are getting feedback. People are like really excited and stoked. So the ways to stay connected with this content is Instagram and Telegram. So come try it out with us and uh, let me know what you think of it. Okay, let's get into today's episode and it starts with a story. If you rewind the clock back to 2014, I did my breakthrough year, I tripled my revenue and went to over a million. I think I did $1.1 million in revenue. Holy cow. And a lot of what this podcast is, by the way, is what I had to do internally to create that breakthrough growth for me. And it was all transforming myself from the inside out. However, after the first quarter of that year, I launched a product that did $256,000, a $300 product $256,000. $256,000. That's a win, right? Success. Well, yeah, it was the most money I had made in my own business with my own launches. It was a huge win. Huge win. Super excited. Big win. However, the launch from the inside was a complete disaster. I was working. I think an understatement would be 16 hours. I mean, it was roll out of bed. And it was working until I fell asleep. I had to fire team members. I was constantly angry and impatient and frustrated. I was a total breakdown like the whole time. And something happened. I developed what I jokingly say, but there's seriousness to it, PTLD, post-traumatic launch disorder. Whereas I just made all this money and helped all these people and had this huge breakthrough in my business. Everything was a win on the outside, but the mere thought of doing that again, I had a physical visceral reaction. It was like, if you put your hand over a stove and I, and it hurts. And then I say, okay, do it again. You're like, no, that's how I felt and call it what you want. But in some senses, you know, I look at that as like, really, I did have post-traumatic launch disorder. I really did have trauma associated with that experience. And that's really challenging because it gave me everything I wanted on the outside, more money, more sales, more impact. More freedom, more lifestyle. All those things we're chasing. But it was linked in my body to a negative state. And because of that, my body took over and didn't want me to ever do that again. And I'm fortunate enough to be able to like do this type of work and do this deep work and work through that. Whereas most people just give up or they stop. And so today's guest, Dr. Don Wood, is gonna talk specifically about trauma, you know, things like PTSD to things that happen in our early childhood that we, you may not even have realized have caused trauma that have created deep seated beliefs and how that trauma is affecting our ability to perform in our business today. It's guiding so many of the decisions we make or don't make our choices, our actions, our thinking, how we look at things, our fears, the anxiety, the worry, all of that stuff is affecting our performance in business. It's eye-opening. So let me go ahead and share his bio with you really quick. So Dr. Don Wood developed the Inspired Performance Institute after spending years researching how trauma affects our minds and our lives. He began to understand that events and experiences throughout our lifetime continue to play a role in how we experience life in the present moment. He's written two books about his research, including the science about how our minds work and why we experience our own unique perspective of the world. Both books are focused on how we can all make the desired changes by allowing our mind to reset and reboot. And today he is my very special guest and he's going to talk about all of that here on the podcast. So without further ado, let's play that episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen i 'm here with my very special guest today dr Don wood how you doing sir i'm doing great How are you James good thank you so much for for coming on the show i 'm uh, especially excited for everything you have to share with us. so I might as well just kind of start at the beginning and have you share a little bit about uh what do you do like who do you help and how do you help them
1: well what 's really interesting is if we go back to where we all started it was My daughter and my wife had lived with, my wife lived in a very traumatic household, so she had a lot of trauma in her life. And so she was dealing with it and, you know, she got she was high functioning. She wasn't getting the drugs or alcohol, but it was affecting the way she was living her life. And then my daughter ended up with some trauma that we didn't know about. She developed Crohn's. And then at 14, she told, you know, at 16, she told, at 14, she was diagnosed with Crohn's. At 16, she told us about what happened to her when she was little. Mm. So it started me, my wife kept on saying, you need to find answers to try to help her. Not so much herself. She wanted me to help our daughter. And then my son had some traumatic brain injury. And so he had three head injuries when he was one in elementary school, one in middle, one in high school. So the two of them were really struggling. So I started looking for answers. And what I started to do was really study trauma and how trauma was affecting our ability to perform. And so what I discovered is that the way they're currently treating trauma is to teach people to live, manage and cope with it. So if you have a trauma in your life and you have anxiety because of a depression, they're going to teach you how to manage that or give you medication to sort of help you manage it. What we have discovered is that we can eliminate it. Mm. We don't need to live with it. We can actually eliminate the effects of it. And what we discovered from that is when you eliminate the effects of the trauma, performance goes up. And so that's why we decided to call this a performance program, not trauma therapy. And so I work with people obviously who have suffered, you know, PTSD, panic attacks, anxiety attacks. But also working with CEOs, executives, professional athletes, because a lot of them are suffering the same things. You just don't know it, you know. Yeah. Very much like my wife. If you had met my wife, you had never thought she was struggling with anything things with from her childhood, but she was.
0: Right. This is awesome. I'm so excited to dive into this. Let's let's start really simple and um, and just kind of ask like, how do you? What is trauma? How do you define that?
1: And trauma is a great question because trauma, a lot of people think of big T kind of trauma, right. you know, a, a sexual assault, you know, a rape, a murder or something like that, where it can also be small T trauma, what I call a bully, you know, maybe a coach that was really harsh on you, a teacher, maybe an alcoholic parent. So if you're living with that, what I have found is that especially with children, children don't have enough life experience to interpret what they're experiencing. So, if they have a coach that was mean to them, maybe said something to them, that sticks with them because they don't understand that that's maybe just the coach trying to motivate them. So, they get stuck with that. And here's a great example. My wife, she's brilliant. She's so smart, but she never felt smart. Besides suffering the trauma in her home, she had a particular event when she was a student learning her math times tables and the teacher decided to put her up at the front of the class and fire questions at her. Mm. And so when she described that event, she was just sobbing. And, and I said, what do you think that means about you? She says, well, it just told me how stupid I was. So she just believed through her childhood that she just wasn't smart and she would freeze on tests and exams. Once we cleared that, she's my best researcher. She's brilliant. But her mind had developed that belief based on that experience that she just wasn't smart enough. That's you know not what people would go, well, really, is that a big trauma? It's amazing how many things come back to children when they're much younger and how that's still affecting them.
0: Absolutely. Ugh, I have an experience. I did... Um, about 2 years ago, I did uh, EMDR and, mm-hmm. uh, and had an experience come up that was clearly some, some trauma. It was a memory I had totally forgotten about. And it was real simple, like, but I just, how I interpreted it was I was at like a fair with my my parents and my dad got really sick and uh, started like, you know, violently throwing up right in front of me. Right. And, you know, it's really interesting what you said. It just makes a lot of sense when you're such a young child, you don't have the life experience to process and interpret was very traumatic to see your primary caregiver this person that's like your survival is dependent on and they're like hunched over and like their insides are coming out was uh wow you know traumatic for me so is it safe to say that um it's inescapable like we've all experienced it on some some level like it's unavoidable At,
1: at some level the advantage and reason what really helped me was i grew up in what i now realize was an idyllic childhood So I had parents that never yelled, never Mm -hmm. raised their voice. I mean, not never. And so if I had something happen to me during the day, I'm coming back home to this beautiful, loving, nurturing environment. And so my nervous system was constantly being regulated Mm. And I played hockey. So I was, I could fight. So I wasn't a kid that was going to get bullied. I wasn't going to get intimidated. And so that combination allowed me to think everybody just lived like this with their nervous system fairly regulated. And if I got bumped a little bit from something happening, as soon as I came home, everything just settled down. Mm. And so that was very lucky, but everybody has things in their life, some much bigger than others, but It can be just the smallest little thing. And I always say that I can convince a five-year-old child that a guy in a red suit and a white beard flies around the world overnight delivering packages. (laughs) That makes perfect sense to a five-year-old. Yes. Right. Try to sell that to a 30-year-old who never heard that story. You're not going to sell it. Right. Right. But to a five-year-old, they'll believe that because they don't have enough life experience to realize that's impossible. (laughs) So when they have a traumatic event and they attach a meaning to it, it sticks. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then that is affecting our I, I love I mean I love the frame of performance that's affecting our performance even to this day. So could we get even a little bit more specific of how some of that trauma plays out today as a symptom? Like how does that look like as an expression in life for someone is lacking that performance, especially as like an entrepreneur or a leader?
1: Well, as an example, I I talked about my wife, how she was dealing with that. I had another lady who came in. She says, you know, I've never really had any trauma in my life that I can think of at a very loving home, Christian home. And so I said, well, is there any kind of event, right, that you can remember that was upsetting to you? Mm. And so she says, well, okay." And as she starts to talk about it, she said she was in church and she started to talk and her grandmother took her brush and hit her on the head with the brush and said, stop talking. You're in church. And she started to cry because she said, you know what? I realize now that's where I lost my voice. Mm -hmm. She says, I've always been afraid to speak up and talk up for myself or speak for myself. And so it was very, very emotional. So what does she do? She always works for somebody, right? She doesn't have that strength to be able to carry that voice out there. Um, another here's another really good example these are good case scenarios so i have a guy who came to see me probably four years ago and he was really struggling with his business he was trying to get a wellness you know cryotherapy a wellness center Mm -hmm. together and he just kept on struggling just couldn't get it off the ground and so he went through the program and what we discovered while we went through the program was that he lived in a home where he had very loving parents, but they had instilled in him that the way to be successful is to get a job, buy a house, get a pension and retire because that's what they did. So every time he started to move towards anything that was risky, he would change direction and try to get to where this wasn't risky. What can he do now to not be as risky? Well, as we all know, as entrepreneurs, it's impossible (laughs) to not have risk if you're going to be in business for yourself. So he couldn't get going. He just Mm -hmm. couldn't avoid that risk. Once we got through that, he did a million dollars with the business his first year. He has now, he now has three centers in the the last four years. Just exploded. His business has done tremendous.
0: That's beautiful. I, I love that. And just out of curiosity, is that still labeled? By you as trauma because it was a belief or interpretation that, that was created, but there wasn't necessarily anything like his parents weren't yelling at him to get a, a stable job or anything. It was just something he decided must be the way life is supposed to work, right? Is that still yeah. Is that still trauma? It is
1: because the way they would do it though, is that if he's, they kept criticizing him trying to uh, be on his own right? and it. kept on saying to him, you know, you know, you're going to lose all your money. Mm-hmm. You're not making, I mean, he was living at home cause he couldn't make any money. Yeah. So he's constantly living now with this, you know, look, we see, we told you look what's <laughs> happening, right? We're paying yep. your bills.
0: Wow. Okay. That's huge. So we can start to make, I guess an assumption that if if maybe we're seeing a lack of performance or I know what I'm I mean, this is our listeners and myself and so many of our clients where it's like I know what I'm supposed to be doing and somehow I self sabotage or I keep doing this that we can start to make a good assumption that there may be some trauma there there might be some something that happened at a young age that formed a belief or a an interpretation how do we start to like investigate that do you want to go well, into
1: that process Sure. What's really interesting is the word, because I hear that a lot, is that I self sabotage. Right. And what I believe is we're not sabotaging at all. The mind isn't going to mm. sabotage itself. It's trying to protect you against something. Yeah. And so if, if you procrastinate, for example, that may have come from experiences in your life where you got, you moved too quickly, got hurt, got burnt. Right, and so now it's like okay, I'm going to wait and see before I move. I'm going to make sure I've thought of everything, and so that's not sabotage. That's really trying to protect yourself.
0: Or in other ways, it's like it's just operating from the program that got created, so it's actually doing its job.
1: It's doing its job. It's an error message. I call it. It's a glitch. Yeah. Right. And so your your brain is a computer, Mm -hmm. so it's developed a series of glitches and error messages over your lifetime that continue to be operating when you're trying to perform mm-hmm. and that's draining energy away, focus away, which is affecting performance. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I've got so many different kinds of examples uh, another lady. She was the top salesperson in her office by far mm-hmm. and doing very well. But what she said to me, she said, I don't feel like I can be myself. She said, I'm in a world full of men, very powerful men, and I have to be tough and I have to be tougher than them. And they not if they see a weakness, right, that is fearful to me. So I put on this very cold exterior. She's, but that's not who I am. It's not who I want to be. So after we go through the program and we take her through everything, she then is able to, she said she had a particular situation with a client who was really struggling one day with something that he was dealing with. And she says, and I reached over and I touched his hand and I said something to him that made him start to cry. And he said, thank you. I really needed to hear that. Mm. She says, I never could have done that before. Wow. She says, I know my mind would not have allowed me to make that be vulnerable. And so, but after doing that and starting to go, she's tripled sales
0: Because she would have been perceived as being vulnerable would be weak being weak yeah,
1: and that and that somehow in her life that had been determined not to be safe. Mm-hmm. So the, her mind would not allow her to go to that vulnerable side because that's not safe. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't sabotaged. She was still very successful doing very well, but she had a whole new level yeah. there that if she could get to who she really is, right. Who she wants to be, then the doors just broke open. For oh, her.
0: So beautiful. That's so awesome. Is it, critical or essential that we like pinpoint exactly what, what happened? Is that what you've found in your experience?
1: No. What's really interesting too, is the program that we do, it takes about four hours hmm. and in that four hours, we'll identify two or three different events. And sometimes they don't even have to be the big T trauma. What we have found is that once we clear two or three of those events, the mind clears everything else. It's like an app that we're process. so The mind then processes everything through that app and then it just changes. So I had a lady who had really bad sexual abuse as a child. And so we wor- we worked on three different events. And by the time we were finished, she says, well, we're going to be here all day because I've got a lot of these. And I said, we don't need to do any more, right? We're done. Yeah. She says, well, don't we have to go through each one? Mm. And I said, no, your mind's going to apply what it just learned. Mm-hmm. And it applies that to all the experiences that you've had. So she said, okay. I ran into her about a month later and she said to me, she says, I have to tell you something. She says, as good as I was feeling, there was no question you were clearing that stuff. And I was feeling really okay about it and feeling good. She says, but I didn't believe you when you told me my mind would clear other stuff. But she says, I was at Universal Studios on the weekend with my daughter and my husband. And I was riding on the escalator looking over the railing. And my daughter said to me, mom, look at what you're doing. Hmm. And she says, I never told you I had a fear of heights. And it's gone.
0: So whatever
1: was bothering me about that, we never discussed it. But her mind applied what it just learned to these other traumatic events and cleared it up.
0: Yeah. That's so awesome. So how does one start to uncover these traumatic moments in in our lives?
1: So most people will have, if they've had a lot of really big trauma, that's pretty easy to identify. But if you haven't had a lot of trauma, it's just really a matter of finding. And this is the way I always try to measure it. Mm -hmm. If you think about something that happened to you five years ago, 10 years ago as a child or as a child, Mm -hmm. and when you think about it, you start to feel an emotion. Mm. Then it's active. Because the only purpose to an emotion is a call for action. Oh, I love the that. purpose of fear is to escape a threat. The purpose of anger is to attack or extinguish a threat. So if you thought about something that happened to you 10 years ago and you feel fear, there's the glitch. Mm. Your mind, your subconscious mind, your survival brain is operating in the present and is accessing old information and things it's happening now. So it's creating a physiological response to get you to do something, but there's nothing happening. Now, most people aren't aware that that's what's actually happening. So that is creating a dysregulation of your nervous system, which is taking away power and energy and focus. Yeah. So what we do is we clear that up so that the mind no longer, so the, the best way to describe this is if I asked you what you ate for dinner last night, can you tell me what you ate for dinner?
0: I had to think about it, but yes, I can.
1: Okay. What'd you have?
0: (laughs) I had, I had salmon and Brussels sprouts.
1: All right. Perfect. So when you look back at this video, you're going to see that you looked up. Yep. Right. And you saw pictures, right? Of Mm -hmm. what you ate. I
0: did. Yes, I did.
1: Yep. That's how you stored the information about what you ate for dinner last night. Mm -hmm. No other animal can do that. Animals Mm -hmm. don't store details about events and experiences. They learn to association and repetition. So because we can store explicit detail about events, Whenever we have a traumatic event, all our senses are heightened, sight, smell, hearing. And so how is it going to record that? Very bright and intense, high definition. So when the mind recalls something because something looks like, sounds like that event, it starts to go through that data again. And that data comes flooding in at the same time of what's happening now. It overwhelms the nervous system. Right. And because the mind is thinking that it's in danger. Right. And so it creates a physiological response. It has to, it's just science. What we're going to, what we do through our program is we get your mind to update and reset that information. That's traumatic into the same format as what you ate for dinner last night. Mm. and It stops calling for the action. It doesn't see the intensity.
0: Yeah. That's so awesome. And I know I have a, an example of, of my wife where we both experienced a traumatic thing. I won't go into too much of the details of it where we like got lost in a hike. And it was, it was a pretty scary experience because it was raining and uh, the, the water level was increasing and there was warnings of flash floods. And about a year later, we were doing another hike in a completely different location. One was in Hawaii. This was in Palm Springs. And as soon as she felt her feet in shoes on the rocks below her, it felt the same way as she felt when she was doing the other hike. And it completely brought back all the same feelings of fear that she was experiencing from that traumatic event. We were in a very safe... I mean, we were just on a flat-like surface, and she went into a, a complete state of fear.
1: And the reason being is because the data from that previous event... Came in at the same time because the mind was using it as a resource. Yeah. But as soon as it started looking at it, when did it think that event from a year ago was happening? Right now. Right now. Yeah. So it had to produce that response. So in her mind, she was right there. Wow. At the same time. That's a glitch. Yeah. So I I worked with a number of the Boston Marathon bombing survivors. Mm. So Rebecca Gregory was three feet from the first bomb that went off in Boston that day. She lost her left leg and her son was sitting at her feet. So the blast hit her from behind, saved his life, but she lost her leg. Mm. And so for five years, she was struggling with PTSD. She was having nightmares every night. And so when she came in and sat down, I said to her, I said, can you... She said, I heard that you can eliminate this in four hours. And I said, yes. And so she said, well, I'm interested. She goes, it seems amazing, but let me, uh, I'll try it. So I said to her, can you tell me what happened really briefly that day? So as she started telling me what happened, she started to cry and shake. And I said, Do you know why you're crying and shaking right now? And she said, well, because of what happened to me. And I said, right, but your mind thinks a bomb is about to go off. Mm. It's creating a response to get you to run. Mm but you can't run because there's nothing happening. Yeah. By the time we were finished, she could describe everything that day with no emotion. Wow. In fact, this year at the sixth anniversary, she went back and she says, I'm going to do everything I did that day, including standing where I was when the bomb went off. And she sent me a picture and said, I'm absolutely fine. No fear.
0: Wow. No more nightmares like that. And
1: she hasn't had one nightmare since going through the program. It's just an error message. All we have to do is update the mind. The mind's brilliant. It's just got these glitches, error messages. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's so, that's so beautiful. So are you working like one-on-one with somebody when you, when you do this?
1: We actually have... One-on-one was the way we developed it. Mm-hmm. So it was just me doing one-on-ones. Yeah. And I developed an online program so people can go through it online. And we're getting a lot of success. So it's not me. It's, it's me doing it, but just video. Yeah, And so I take them through the four hour process and high functioning people, right? Once they understand how this is working and why they're experiencing what they're experiencing, we can clear it. Yeah. And then I've done groups. So I just did a group in San Diego of over a hundred people. Everybody was just saying, this was life changing. We cleared a whole bunch of trauma and not one person had to describe the trauma. Mm. And they never had to say a word about what it was. We can clear it without them even talking about it.
0: That is so fascinating. They don't... Yeah, you said that before, but you don't necessarily need to pinpoint it or anything like that.
1: No. And so... Or even if they do remember it. So for example, if I work with somebody and obviously in a big group like that, right sexual abuse is a pandemic in this country. It really is. So many people have suffered from it. So I know the averages are, I got a lot of people in there that have had sexual trauma. And so what I said is I had one lady come up and I was pretty sure she didn't tell me what it was, but you could tell she was pretty emotional when she came up. And so I said, I'd like you to tell me what happened to you, but I want to tell you, ask you to tell me in a different language. She goes, well, I don't know another language. And I said, well, I'm going to teach you a new language. And the language is called flowing. And there's only one word in the flowing language and it's flowing. So instead of saying, I walked into the room, you're going to say flowing, 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 every word's flowing. What she has to do is go into memory in order to say flowing, because she's got to see it to be able to communicate it. As she's in memory, I have no idea what she's telling me. So she's not sharing any intimate details of what happened. And as she does that, I take her through the techniques Right. And by the time we we're finished, within three minutes, gone. Wow. But yeah. even when she
0: was saying flowing, flowing, her physical body, heart language, everything pounded. changed. Wow.
1: She says, my heart is pounding in my chest right mm-hmm. now, right before we started, because she was starting to think about it. Yeah. And so by the time we were finished, you know, within that three minutes, she just got off the chair and just hugged me. And she says, this is incredible. She goes, I have no emotion. My heart stopped pounding. She says, I feel this huge sense of relief. And I see I just released. Your mind for that many years has been trying to get you to do something about it. Mm. It just understood it doesn't need to do anything. Yeah. So that just got released. That's so amazing. I worked with a U.S. Army sniper who had to shoot and kill a 12-year-old boy. Mm. He just sobbed trying to even describe what happened that day. By the time I was finished, he could describe it in complete detail. And he said to me, he goes, how the bleep did you just do that? <laughs> right? yeah. And I says, I didn't do anything. I said, for eight years, your mind has been trying to get you not to pull the trigger mm. because that was solved the problem. But you couldn't not pull the trigger because you already did.
0: You already did, yeah.
1: But once we got it updated, your mind realized you're not shooting a 12-year-old boy. You're sitting talking to me.
0: Wow. That's amazing. What's that experience been like for you to see these oh. people's lives change so rapidly? so it is
1: so amazing just mm-hmm. so incredible to see people who've been suffering for so long just it stops we've got hundreds and hundreds if you go to our site you'll see all these people who have been living with panic attacks anxiety attacks depression all these different things and it's just clearing for them yeah. and it's just amazing especially the little little girls you know i had this one little girl who had been sexually abused really badly by the time we finished, she was like smiling laughing she she came out of the room, and the mother was like, "What just happened right <laughs> yeah. She goes, "This is incredible right she's expecting her to come out weeping, crying because she's been talking about it instead, she comes out and she's fine
0: wow, and your clients haven't needed to come like back for maintenance or uh updates or anything like that.
1: Once it's cleared, it's cleared now, if they have something else, I had one lady she had a lot of trauma when she was younger mm-hmm. we cleared all that up she was doing great and about three years later she bought this brand new puppy a little a labradoodle and she took the labradoodle for a walk to the pet store and as she was in the pet store the pet store's owner's pit bull killed it right in front of her oh. and so her her boyfriend called she was obviously in a lot of trauma and i said yeah we can't process this right now she's going to have to get through this and then we'll clear it so she came in probably about a month later and then we processed that event and then it was done
0: so that's something too to to note that it's not just childhood trauma but things that could have happened today
1: yeah. Like wow. Rebecca of the Boston Marathon. Yeah. But what was interesting is Rebecca said, not only did... Obviously, that's a big T trauma big one, that yeah. was obvious. But she said, I realized I had other things from earlier in her life that mm-hmm. we cleared up as well. That's beautiful.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, so here's kind of a... I don't know, maybe an elephant in the room for some like driven entrepreneurs. This is something I definitely experience is... Have is you experienced that like maybe some of this small T trauma that gets created at a young age causes or creates beliefs and interpretations that really turn us into these very driven type entrepreneurs. And I know that was something for me growing up, you know, like needing to prove things to people. And I'm curious, like, if you can speak to that, because maybe there's a fear here that someone says, well, what if we clear this and I have no more motivation? I don't want to, I don't want to work anymore. I I don't want to, uh, hustle so hard or, you know, have such big visions. Is is, is that making sense? What I'm asking?
1: Uh, no, I know exactly what you're saying. I, is that I, something I've p- had
0: that. You have had that. Yeah. You
1: know, people ask that, you know, well, let's take away all my drive, all my, you know, I thrive on this anger. Right. I just say,
0: yeah. you,
1: you will perform better, <laughs> right? Because it's not actually helping you. We yeah. think it's helping us. Yeah. So as an example, I worked with a guy, a professional golfer, and I said to him, do you think you need to be confident to play good golf? And he goes, well, yeah, confidence is good for me. I said, what if I told you, you don't need confidence to play good golf. Confidence is a byproduct of your skill level. If you execute your skill, confidence will build. But if you try to start your performance based on confidence, it's Mm. not going to take long on a golf course for that to get shot. Yeah. Right. And so if you build on confidence, confidence, as opposed to using confidence as the byproduct of your skill, right? You'll have a very weak foundation. So he said, well, what do I need to do? I said, I want you to develop an attitude of optimism. No matter what happens on a golf course, you're a pro. There isn't a golf shot you can't hit. Hit a ball in the woods, hit the ball out of the woods, right? (laughs) Nobody was better in the world than Tiger Woods at getting out of trouble. That's what made him the greatest golfer. It wasn't that he was always the straightest driver of the ball. He was better than anybody ever in existence in getting out of trouble. Yeah. And so I said, so if you hit your ball, you're 150 yards out down the fairway, you hit your ball, but you don't know the wind's coming down the fairway because it hasn't hit you yet. And the ball gets knocked down in the bunker. Well, if you were relying on confidence, what would you do? You start thinking, what did I do wrong? Right. And as soon as you start that thought process of what did I do wrong, your mind starts to feel, oh, we're in danger. There's fear. What do we need now? Starts looking for things to protect you. Hmm. But if you have an attitude of no problem, I'm a great bunker player, (laughs) right? I can probably put the ball in the hole from this, right? You never have that fear come into you when you're playing. Because yeah. there's nothing to fear on a golf course. <laughs> and that's what he said afterwards. He says, you took all the fear off the golf course. Wow. But was there that, something
0: linked there with something childhood? Or was that just every shot was had the potential of causing some sort of trauma?
1: It, when he was younger, he lost tournaments, you know, at the, oh. last round, the last hole, you know, something like that. So now his mind is using those resources trying to figure out, you know, are we in this kind of danger? Do we lose? Do we face the, you know... Probably no one else in the world remembered that he lost a tournament when he was 10 years old, but he thinks everybody remembers. Yeah, of
0: course. Yes.
1: (laughs) We're the center of the... (laughs) So it becomes a huge event. He doesn't want to face that humiliation, what Mm. he thought was humiliation. Wow. So he's trying to avoid it, but it's just part of the game.
0: Also sounds a lot like entrepreneurship, how much we try to avoid like nothing can go wrong. Right? Yes. Every shot has to be perfect. Can't make a mistake. For me personally, I I embrace the mistakes. Like, yes. we're going to mess... Let's just mess it up quicker. Let's get to the failure quicker so we can learn and move on. So that's interesting how that I really can apply to business. Just that analogy there.
1: And then just how to reset. This is what we're going to teach you is how to reset when you do have a setback. Mm. Right? As opposed to spiraling, continuous spiraling down. The idea is to move back into a position to start moving forward. So as an example, I work with his name is Tim Burke. He's a a world champion long drive competitor. So in 2018 he hadn't won. So he came to see me at the beginning of 2019 before the season started and said, you know, I want to perform at my best. So what we did is I took him through the program. He came in on a Wednesday. He went to Phoenix on Saturday to compete in the first tournament of the year in April. And after going through the program, he won it. And so the next tournament, he got into the finals. The next tournament, he won it again. So he placed in the finals of every tournament he was in this year, winning two of them and ending up number two in the world. All because what he said happened is, and it it happened to him in the very first tournament. He said in one of the pre-qualifying rounds, he hit a couple of wild shots. Now he said, what would have happened before is he would have started to panic that, oh, something's wrong, right? And then he would have started overthinking. He says, and I would, I know for a fact, I would have been knocked out of that tournament hmm. just because I started, because that's always a big problem for me. He says, all I did is I go, I went back, I went through the techniques that you showed me, I reset, and then he continued on and he ended up winning the whole thing. But he said, I would have gotten knocked out in one of those qualifying rounds.
0: Wow. That's so awesome. And just, uh, out of curiosity, going back to what you said, you spoke about, uh, I believe it was your daughter who had some trauma and she developed Crohn's.
1: Yeah, we didn't know. Uh, we knew she got the Crohn's when she was 14. Mm-hmm. And they told us that you're going to have to you know, change your diet, do all kinds of different things. She's going to be on steroids for the rest of her life. That's just, yeah. we have to accept that. And so when she's 16, she tells us about some trauma she had when she was between six and eight years of age. Mm-hmm. We didn't know anything about it. And so... That really started later on. I started looking for answers for her. And so once we took her through, the, what I believe happens is this is the way the, the mind works. When we have unresolved trauma, we create inflammation in the body. The inflammation is a response to trauma. So for her, it showed up in her lower intestinal area. So So many women who have had trauma in their lifetime, especially sexual trauma, end up with autoimmune issues. And I believe what's happening is when the cells go into that cell danger response, so it becomes inflamed. It's a temporary pause to protect the integrity of the cells until the dangers pass. As soon as the danger is over, right, then it goes back into homeostasis. The immune system is paused temporarily until the danger's through. The problem is, is that we keep looping through the trauma. Yeah. The trauma is staying active. So the inflammation stays active. Wow. As soon as we took my daughter through the program, she never had a Crohn's flare up again.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Yeah. And I believe it was because the trauma settled in that area. When we resolved the trauma, the Crohn's went away. Oh,
0: that's beautiful. So even for people listening, if maybe you're suffering from something physical, like autoimmune or inflammation something to look at. Really yep. interesting. And
1: that's, that's what we're seeing. So if you can do, and she had a cyst formed on her ovary and fallopian tube a couple of years ago. And so she went in to have it removed. And the doctor said, I'm confused. Your chart says you have Crohn's. She says, yeah, I have Crohn's. He says, but I operated it. I can't see any Crohn's. Mm. And she says, no, I haven't had a flare up. And he says, well, but you're not on the medication for Crohn's. <laughs> she says, no, I haven't been on any medication. He said, well, I hate to tell you this, but you've never had Crohn's. And she says, no, I've had Crohn's. I've had four operations, four resections of her intestines. And he says, well, Crohn's doesn't go away. And so I explained to him what we did is that once we calmed her central nervous system down, her body was able to get maintenance done. And so the immune system was able to go in and start cleaning up and fixing stuff. And so he said, that's impossible. And I said, well, tell me what Crohn's is. Is this Crohn's is a lifelong debilitating disease with no known cure. I said, Crohn's is inflammation. Hmm. And so when we calmed her nervous system down, her inflammation went down. That makes perfect sense. That's just so logical. But we always treat the symptoms, not the root cause. Once yeah. we got to the root cause, it was able to settle down. That's what started teaching me about how much trauma is affecting the way we respond yeah. and perform.
0: It must have you a little frustrated at times when we go back to how most people are just treating that symptom with, you know, pharmaceuticals and antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication. And it's big money in
1: it. There's so, a lot of money in a it. A lot of money. So we just worked with a young girl on our site, Michelle. She was 17 years of active addiction. And so... She came to us and basically, as soon as she started talking, I said, you've had a lot of trauma in your life. She goes, yeah, I "I can hear it in your voice. Mm. I said, would you be willing to allow us to document your case? So we're going to take you through the whole process, right? And we're going to film it so people can watch it. She says, absolutely. So if you go on our site, you can watch her whole journey. She's six months now, completely clean. She was on seven medications. She's on zero now. She's going back to college. She's working full time. She stopped smoking in four days and she's just living life. She has zero cravings for it. No interest wow. in it at all.
0: This is and, amazing. I love this. And this is this yeah. is a, a video available on, on your site right now.
1: Yeah. So if you, if you go on, I think it's on YouTube and our Facebook, you just watch yeah. her and you see her from day one when she came in. And then before we do the session, and then you see her the next day, she looks completely different. Wow. And then you start seeing her following along, talking about what she's experiencing. And it's just amazing. She's just a, a beautiful young lady, 17 years. She, her parents were like, we thought we'd lost her. Yeah. Right? She was good. She'd already OD'd twice. Wow. And so now just life changing, beautiful young lady. Wow. And, and so we treat addiction really different. The The approach I take with addiction is it's not a disease, that it's a glitch. It's a coding error that you had emotional pain. And you found a resource that stopped the pain temporarily. And so that makes sense why you would keep going back to this thing that helped you, right? Relieve pain. The problem is, is that the procedural memory, the same memory that the animal has, right? Which learns through association and repetition Mm -hmm. because you kept using that substance, your mind coded it as a resource for survival. And so then when somebody comes along and says, no, you can't do that. That's terrible right? The mind says, Oh no, you trained us. We know that this is good for us, right? You did it so many times we've coded it. So your subconscious survival brain doesn't look at things in good or bad, right or wrong. It looks at things from survival. Mm. And if that helped us survive, then we're going to keep it going. Yeah, Don't try to take it away from me.
0: Because if you get in your own way of your own survival, you're going to lose, I guess, right?
1: You will lose. Reason and logic will always Mm. be trumped by survival yeah, because the brain is really a survival brain more than anything else. It's only 5% of our brain that's using this prefrontal lobe this, uh, that is using reason and logic, trying to figure stuff out. Most of your brain is operating on a program basis, survival-based, yeah, and it just develops a code. So I worked with a lady who had been in heroin for seven years. This is a different lady, not Michelle. And so she came in to see me and she said... I've been in therapy for seven years and I told my therapist, I was coming to see you. And he told me to make sure that I was upfront and honest with you and tell you, I have a self-destructive behavior. And I said to her, really, what would make you think you're (laughs) self-destructive? And she looked at me and she goes, I'm sticking a needle in my arm with heroin. Don't you think that's self-destructive? And I said something to her. She'd never really heard before. I said, no, I don't think that was self-destructive. I think you're trying to feel better. Mm. And I bet you when you stuck the needle in your arm, you felt better. She goes, oh, yeah. I mean, I just zoned out. And I said, the substance you were using was destructive, but you're not destructive. Mm, Wow. You were trying to feel better. And I said, and that makes total sense. The reason you used it is because it worked. Unfortunately, because you kept using it, you programmed it. Right. And all we have to do is first fix the trauma that started it and then build a new code and get your mind to understand that there's another way to do things. And once it does that, it's good. Michelle just says, zero interest. She goes, I've, I haven't had any drug dreams, no withdrawal. Mm. Everything was just, just worked for her. So it's wow. great to follow her story. You'll see her story.
0: Yeah. Oh, this is beautiful. Doing miraculous work here. This is really awesome. <laughs>
1: And that's why I love working with executives and professional athletes, because these are people performing at a really high level. And most people are thinking, well, they're fine. Everything works. You know, they're driving nice cars. They got big houses. Right. Everything is just perfect for them. Yeah. Right. But they have a whole new gear. They have more gears. And even though they're successful and reach a really high level, there's another gear there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally resonate with that. High maintenance, high performance, right? <laughs> that's right. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but, uh, my banker at one time when I was younger told me, he said, bigger shuffle, bigger hole.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that. Well, listen, you keep talking about your program. I know our listeners are like totally eager to hear more about this. So for somebody that's you know really being drawn to this, what does that look like? Next steps? How do they work with you or, or go through this program?
1: They can contact us. They can either email us, call us, whatever at our website. And our number's all on there. It's the inspiredperformanceinstitute.com. And just let us know how we can help. If they have a company, they want to do it for their executives or staff. We can Mm -hmm. even come in and do groups. Or we can come in and even do, just give them access to the online program. So there's a number of different ways. They can work one-on-one with me. Mm -hmm. They can do the group program or they can do the online program. And they all work. That's amazing.
0: That's so, so cool. Well, first of all, this has been so fascinating, so illuminating, and it just like warms my heart to, to hear all the, the amazing work that you're doing. So I want to, I just want to acknowledge you for that. Thank you're you. are saving lives. You know, that's, it,
1: it, it's so exciting just yeah. watching people.
0: Yeah. Anything else you'd, you'd like to share or feel like would be a value to our listeners before we wrap this up?
1: Going back to performance, because I think this is a really big thing. Yeah. Is I worked with a gentleman who his name is uh, Marco Cesetto, and Marco was a potential Olympic hopeful for marathons. He was from Kenya. He got a uh, scholarship to the University of Alaska, which you imagine going from Kenya to Alaska. A little difference, yeah. <laughs> and so he ended up having his best friend over there when he was at the university commit suicide. And so one night he got so distraught, he just had too much to drink, went out for a run and passed out in the snow for three days. They thought he was Mm -hmm. dead. He came in, but his frostbite was so bad, they had to amputate his legs below the knee. So he now runs on blades. So when he came to me, he was like, if I really want to be Olympic hopeful, I've got to get more time off of my my." marathon time. And so we went through the program, we cleared some trauma. Yeah, obviously that's a big one, but there's other stuff too that he had. Once we cleared that trauma, he ran in his first race nine days later, he took 15 seconds per mile off his time. Wow.
0: That's the a second lot.
1: race, that's a lot at <laughs> that level lot. because yeah. he's at a world level, yeah. right? So that's a big amount. Mm-hmm. And then the next race he ran in was this year's Boston marathon mm. and he broke the world record for amputees. Unbelievable. And so what I've been saying is that what actually happens is that when we have this trauma and our mind is pulling energy away to deal with this trauma, the actual cellular energy, the ATP, the mitochondria in the cell is compromised. So you don't have a hundred percent of your energy. You don't have a hundred percent of your focus or your physical energy. When we resolve that trauma, that energy comes back online. That's why people perform better. So he ran faster because he was more focused and more power. And that's what I believe can sense. do.
0: Yeah. I love this. I love this. Well, Dr. Don, I really appreciate this. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. We are going to link up your website and all your information in the show notes. You know, if you guys listening, if you're going through anything, trauma or someone, you know, this might be a fantastic resource to check out and investigate further. But uh, this has been amazing. So... Thank you so much. Thank you for taking well, the time.
1: I, I appreciate the opportunity. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know this would be something... I'd love to continue you know, working with you. You work with so many entrepreneurs. Yeah. I'd love to just sort of see, you know, get some case studies and show what people can do.
0: Absolutely. We might have to do that. So yeah. thank you. And then thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. And uh, we'll see you all on the next episode of the Mind Your Business Podcast. Take care.